perhaps the most memorable encounter I've had with anyone. I mean, I think there are a lot of best of breed type models out there, you know, but for us, it was, we have a hypothesis. We strongly believe that this is the best thing for our customers and our business. So let's go into it and see where the journey takes us. Welcome to the Own Your Commerce podcast, where leading experts, brands, and innovators reveal strategies for e-commerce growth. I'm your host, Jay Myers, and this show is brought to you by Bold Commerce. Hey, everyone. You are in for a treat today. I have with me Simon Rodriguez. He's the Chief Digital Officer of Staples. And we are fortunate at Bold to work with Staples as they leverage a number of our technologies, our Price Tools Engine, Bold Checkout, Store Locator, and others. And one thing I've noticed about Simon is that for a, quote, enterprise company, he is extremely forward-thinking and has been able to put together a team that has accomplished a massive digital transformation that normally would take many years and possibly millions of dollars. Staples was able to do this in a fraction of the time for a fraction of the cost using what we refer to at Bold as a modular approach. Essentially what I mean by that is they leverage best of breed technology for each module of their e-commerce tech stack to build the exact digital commerce experience they want. This approach has allowed them to be extremely agile and adapt quickly. For example, launching a digital solution through their store for curbside pickup across 300 plus stores in less than 72 hours. It's mind blowing for a a brand the size of Staples. I'm also really excited to share that actually since this recording uh, of this episode, they've been able to roll out true omni-channel pricing across all their stores for the Staples Preferred program uh, using Bold's price rules engine. So really neat seeing them leverage all these technologies. I think this is going to be an episode you're really going to enjoy to understand the tech stack and how Staples uses it. Let's get to it. Simon, can you... Tell us, who are you and what do you do at Staples? Hi, everyone. I'm Simon Rodrigue. I'm the uh, Chief Digital Officer at Staples Canada. And I have the privilege of looking after our digital businesses, which have a consumer business, which is uh, staples.ca, and a B2B business, which is Staples Preferred, which also includes a sales team. So I think from that exact statement, I want to take it into something. So you're the Chief digital officer for Staples, which I think a lot of people would refer to as one of the larger box brands in North America. But the way you operate is quite different. And so, I, you know, before we get started, I, I just want to ask you, I think this is kind of more as a, on a personal note, and I, I consider myself to be quite involved in e-commerce communities and whether that's Facebook groups or LinkedIn conversations. And I seem to see you all over the place. And, you know, and, and actually I was talking to, I don't know if you know this or not, or this name might ring a bell. I was talking to the founder of a Shopify app called Push Owl. His name is Shashank. He mentioned years ago that you mentored him. I see you involved in all kinds of Facebook groups. So for a guy running an enterprise brand like Staples, how do you find time to be in all these communities? And why is it important to you, I guess, is another question. Well, I think there's two reasons. One is just love being involved, active in the community and getting to talk to people like Shashank way back when, when he was just launching Push Owl. I don't think he had fully launched it yet when I first was... uh, Mm chatting with him is just seeing how the industry is evolving and where we are going to see the next evolution or revolution come from in e-commerce. Being in kind of corporate or enterprise e-commerce, you don't necessarily see 
a lot of the groundbreaking advancements that go on. And a lot of that exists in that ecosystem today that, you know, the bold and Shopify all kind of play and is like the direct to consumer type stuff are so much more advanced than enterprise. So getting to be on the forefront of that and talking with businesses and service providers and apps, you really get an understanding of what can we leverage in the business. And I think the second thing is one of the promises of Staples Canada is that we're here to help businesses kind of work, learn and grow. And so it's a big part of what I do is I, you know, if I have time available, I try to make time as as much as I can to just talk with businesses, whether they be digital or not, and just see how we can help them or how I can help them. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's kind of our role in the community is making sure that we've got this prosperous business community in Canada and doing everything we can to help it grow. Yeah, it's, I admire your involvement because you, you certainly don't have to be involved. And I think it's admirable and then admirable. And on top of that, you run, you have, it's instant tease, right? Is your kind of your, your, do, your yeah. side. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so it definitely is the truest definition of a side gig. And it was a long time, about four or five years ago was to test a hypothesis of where e-commerce was evolving and getting to get my hands dirty with Shopify. And it's, it's just kind of stuck and we, you know, get to, it's just me really, you know, a couple times a week, you know, I get to ship orders around the world and it, it's fun and interesting. And it just sees how much e-commerce has changed. Like I go back, you know, 15, 16 years ago when we were launching Home Depot.ca in Canada, the amount of time and effort and money being spent in building that platform. And somebody with an idea today can go to market in, you know, 24, 48 hours and have a global business. And the times have definitely changed. And I think they've been sped up over the last year with the unfortunate events of COVID. But we're truly in a pivot point in the economy and how humans shop. And I I think it's exciting to be part of that. I think it just shows your passion too for the actual having your hands dirty in e-commerce. And you're one of my favorite things. Like I ran stores since 1998. Now with Bold, obviously don't have the stores anymore, but I kind of, I think I might think like you because I, my brother has a store and one of my favorite things is just to help him with it. Like he doesn't, I don't charge him for it, but I'll log in and I start tweaking things and running email campaigns for him. And, and I get excited seeing it affect his sales and setting up different campaigns. And it's, I think that is, I think that's really cool that you do that. And, you know, like you look at the side, like, I don't know if the chief digital officer at another massive brand like that would would have a, a side hustle with a, a small e-commerce store. I just, I, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I definitely enjoy doing it. So are you going to keep it going? Or it, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, it's definitely not a moneymaker. Yeah. It probably yeah. could be if I put more time into it. But for now, for me, it's to kind of test hypothesis. We've got a great yeah. product. There's actually some people that love it all over the world and restaurants <laughs> that use it and bakeries that use it. So my wife and I want to make sure that we keep it in stock for them. But for me, it's really... It's kind of what you talked about. It, it's testing the immediacy and getting to play with things that my mm. team won't let me play with at Staples because the chief digital officer probably shouldn't <laughs> be playing on the website. And two, it's just getting to talk to different customers all over the world. Like I, I think it's really cool. Like I shipped tea to Finland the other day and I'm like, who would have thought I'd be doing that at this point in my career? Yeah. But it's, it's just neat. It's just fun. That's awesome. Okay. Well, enough about instanties. Let's talk a little bit about Staples. I just wanted to bring that up because it's, I just thought it was fascinating that you, you're still running it. So good on you for that. So Staples, can you describe the, I guess, the digital transformation that Staples or that you've helped lead Staples through over the last, I guess it started a couple of years ago? Yeah. Maybe taking a step back. So, you know, Staples mm. Canada became an independent company from kind of the Staples North America. So we consist of our 304 retail stores, which, you know, have great brand penetration and presence all over Canada. 
It's staples.ca, which is kind of one of the larger e-commerce sites in Canada from a transactional perspective. And then Staples Preferred, where we have about 100 people that help businesses buy better and kind of position them for growth. And you know, about two and a half years ago when I joined, we were kind of starting a journey. And it's not just digital transformation. It was a whole company transformation. And you know, Staples is a love brand in Canada. A lot of people remember, you know, their first time going to school, you know, they would go into Staples with their parents and pick up their pencil case and their backpack. I was cleaning up my basement, uh, I don't know, probably, it was during COVID, so probably six, seven months ago. And I actually I was going through some university textbooks and I actually found a pad of paper from Staples in, way back when. So, I mean, I, like it plays at every part of life, your first corporate job, you're starting a business. So it's a really well-liked brand, but it was seen as an office supply store. And we really wanted to kind of reposition where Staples would be in 5, 10, 15, 25 years. And what we really narrowed in on is that Staples could be a company that can be here for Canadians when they're learning and working. So what we like to say is we're the first working and learning company. And it's a combination of our stores, our services, our digital footprint, and the platform to really help Canadians kind of work, learn, and grow. And you know, as part of that, we had to update our digital presence. Yeah. And we were on an old legacy enterprise system. And again, and it worked. It was great. But where we wanted to go is we wanted to, one, you know, where possible, reduce our cost of ownership. But two is kind of control our destiny more. So how do we build a model that we can accelerate and be agile with and grow and change with our customers as their needs adjust? And it kind of led us to where we are, you know, 18 months ago, and you guys were a big part of this at Bold. We relaunched staples.ca. And we've kind of been constantly evolving and building on that. We've got, you know, we, we continue to see on our roadmap going forward how we can kind of move forward with it. But for us, it was creating that digital hub to support all of our businesses and all the customer experiences across all channels. And I mean, it's worked great. We've been really happy with it. We've got a phenomenal team, phenomenal partners that we're working with. And, you know, we're seeing great results. How far in the journey is it done? Or are you still in the process of this transformation? Or where would you describe that along the road? It's hard to say. I mean, the core, like, hey, did we get the site launched? Absolutely, that's done. But I think if you stop evolving in the digital space or in the e-commerce space or in commerce in general, you're going to fall behind. And I think that's Mm -hmm. only, you know, that thought is only accelerated even more as the business moves with what the last 12 months have brought it. So we're always going to be continuing to innovate may not be bleeding edge, but I think what we're going to do is always evolve and listen to our customers and kind of pivot to what they're looking for. And I think that's why this, the, you know, how we took our approach to technology was so important to us is that it allowed us to take, you know, a very product focus where we could listen to our customers or stakeholders and then present them with the features and uh, services to really kind of support them in that journey. Do you think Staples Corporate buy into digital in the future being digital. Was that an important factor for Staples that like enabled you to do your work in this transformation? Like I just, when I think about a lot of other big brands, it's the decision-making process is so long and often the way that you guys approached it, it might even be perceived as because it's quicker, it's more cost-effective that actually scares some big brands away too. They go, why isn't this more expensive? Why is this so easy? Why is like, did you come across any of that pushback from leadership? I think, you know, as a leadership group, we had already bought into the fact that digital was important to our future. And I I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is, 
our B2B business, Staples Preferred, is essentially 100% digital business today, where we're servicing businesses all over Canada, hundreds of thousands of businesses over Canada with their office supplies, break room, whatever they need to run their business. We're doing that all digitally today. So it was a key component of our DNA. Two, we saw the future and kind of working and learning if you look at the customers that were important, were these people that were kind of accelerating, so launching new businesses, driving new businesses, they're learning. They're almost a digital native type customer group. So for us, it was very important that we build a platform that can service them. Like personally, it has always shocked me how the cost of digital platforms have come down over the last 15 or so years. And it is shocking. I look back at what we would spend at, you know, at Walmart or Home Depot or Travelocity to what we spend today. And the platform for dollars that we get just, just blows me away. And it allows us to do so much more because we can pick, you know, great partners to work with. We can make sure we've got a world-class team that understands how to leverage that technology. And, you know, the business cases become more about how do we listen and service that customer? And I think there's one point, like there, there are, you know, hopefully there aren't still companies out there deciding that they need to invest in digital after the last kind of 12 months, but it never should be about checking a box saying, hey, we have a website. Hey, we've got buy online, pick up in store. Hey, we, whatever in the digital space, your customers are telling you that's where they want to shop. And, you know, for us at Staples, it isn't about having a digital channel or it isn't about having a retail store. It's about servicing our customers where they want to be serviced. So like shockingly, we still get orders by fax today because it's a certain group of customers that hand an order sheet around the office and they want to fill it out and they fax it in. We still service them, right? That is probably as analog as you can get. Well, there's probably more analog. But, you know, for us, it's, that's how customers want to shop. It's the way they shop. We aren't going to try to force fit them into something. But that being said, like customers today want to do things more digitally, whether it's that first step before they go into the store, it's, you know, where am I going to buy or what am I going to buy? I'll make that decision before I go into the store, or I want to save time and get that instant, that, that instant pickup, which is our buy online and pick up in store, or it's, I want that next day delivery, which is, you know, our regular digital channels and drive with that. So for us, it wasn't about, Hey, we need to be in digital. It's like, this is where our customers are going. They're telling us that we need to make sure that we're there to support them on their journey. Yeah, I think the brands that saw that either went out of business or hurt the most during this pandemic were the ones that saw digital or online sales almost as competing with the retail brick and mortar sales. And they saw them as two different worlds. There's like, what's our online sales doing and what's our brick and mortar sales doing? And it's the lines, it shouldn't be able to, I mean... For reporting metrics, sure, you can report on all the different channels, but ultimately you're one company. You want to make that customer happy wherever that transaction experience is going to happen. So, and I know you weren't, this pandemic didn't change the way you thought about it. I think if anything, you were in a very good place because of it. And maybe on that note, did the pandemic change anything or did it just kind of accelerate what you already believed and just put the gas down on it? Yeah, I mean, it accelerated the business gratefully. I mean, for the unfortunate or everything that horrible that's happened with COVID, I mean, it definitely allowed a transformation to how we work and learn. So you see people learning mm-hmm. at home, you see people working at home, and it's probably made a, you know, a, mm-hmm. a permanent change. And for us, it was making sure that we could service Canadians through that. Like you're setting up your office at home, or I remember back in mm-hmm. March when you know, the kids were going home for March break. And we went home on the Friday and, you know, I think it was over that weekend. Oh, there's going to be a three week delay before the kids go back to school. And that 
became until the end of the school year. And, you know, for everyone, you're working at home, you're supporting your kids learning at home. That was a very difficult time. So for us, it was making sure that we were there to service and support and make sure that people had the products they needed to continue to run their businesses, to learn, to continue their education, support their children, etc. And I think a great example of what you were just talking about with the idea, it's not about the channel, it's about the customer, was what we were able to do with Curbside. And our technology platform was a part of this. It enabled us to do it. But it was really about unified teams coming around a problem. And probably early April, we started to see store closures. I think in Ontario and Quebec and a couple of other regional places in Canada. But we had products that customers wanted. And we didn't have curbside set up. We had buy online, pick up in store. But customers were saying, ideally, I don't even want to have to go into the store through this. Yeah. Can you make it more convenient? So we kind of got a SWAT team together of you know store operators, um, you know centralized operations, the leadership marketing, the product team, you guys were involved at Bold, you know, we had a couple other partners like OrderBot. And in 72 hours, we relaunched a solution to do curbside. And I like, it would have been impossible if I go back over my career, looking at the other technology stacks that I've used, it would have been impossible to do that. And I think the combination of the great teams that we've got to look after the customer, it's not about just the sale going channel A or channel B, and the flexibility and dedication of the team were able to pull that off. And To me, that's a real example of customer focused and doing what you need to do to to kind of evolve the business to support that. And, you know, you even look at it this holiday season, one of the investments we've made and the real focus we've made is we have our own delivery fleet. So about 85% of our shipments, we have seven fulfillment centers across Canada, and then we've got a fleet supporting those. But 85% of our shipments ride on our own fleet. So throughout all the volumes of COVID, which you know, I think when we measured it, we had like 50 Black Fridays in a row. To this Black Friday, which was a multiple of what regular Black Fridays were, it's even now it's so busy. We've been able to maintain that customer promise of next day. So we're starting to see, again, Canadians need help now. You know, I'm still running my business. I'm still going to school. I want to get a gift for someone. We're one of the only retailers that are still doing next day delivery in Canada. And we're very, very proud of that. And it's, again, it's the people we have leveraging the technologies that we have to make that happen. And it's exciting because it's all about delivering on that promise. Well, you are one of the only ones (laughs) because every single thing is backed up everywhere and I mean, you're probably seeing some of these posts in some of the communities because you're in them, but people are saying UPS is cutting them off at a thousand boxes per day. They just won't pick up anymore. And there's brands that have 4,000 packages to go out and UPS is only picking up a thousand. And they're like, they just, they physically can't get the packages to the customers as many as are ordering them. So, and then we're... (laughs) Three days to launch curbside is incredible. I think I remember some, (laughs) I kind of was monitoring different companies and like when it was available and it it took others months to get that in place. So maybe from that, like I'd love to dive into, I guess, how you think about e-commerce technology and your e-commerce stack, if you will. So you've got what I would consider a very forward thinking approach to this, which has enabled you to do some of these, like to pivot fast, to launch things like curbside fast. And I know we're kind of we're aligned with your the way you think about it here at Bold. So what was your approach to building this Staples site, your e-commerce stack or how you approached it just for people who don't really know how staples.ca was built? Yeah. So, I mean, I think starting off, I think you win in e-commerce with people. So we have an incredible team at Staples Canada and we pick incredible partners to work with, but making sure we have people that really understand 
how do you leverage technology to deliver your business needs? So I think that's kind of the first thing we did is we built a really incredible, what I believe is one of the top e-commerce teams in Canada, if not around the world that really get how do you do large scale e-commerce. But we've always been a believer and you know, some of the people that are on the Staples Canada team have been at a couple of other places with me, kind of a roving gang. We've always been a believer of best in breed versus building. And you know, there's some fundamental reasons that I personally believe that that is the better path in e-commerce. That you know, there are some occasions, especially very specialized, you know, service-based, so there might be very specific customized product that you win through customizing your technology or maintaining your own stack. So I'm going to build it custom. I'm going to run with it. I'm going to win through technology. The challenge is, is for most players in the e-commerce space, you are going to win through your product, through merchandising, through better marketing, you know, leveraging your data, all of those kind of things. So it's a distraction to say, I'm going to build my own tech. Like I'm going to build my own store finder. I'm going to build my own checkout. I'm going to build my own website. And you know, there are successful companies, but they're very, very large. One of them starts with an A, one of them starts with a W. That they have billions of dollars to invest in their technology, and that's how they believe they're going to win. So I think for most retailers, startups, D2C players, it's about leveraging technology and do what you're great at. So for us, approaching our re-platform at Staples, we looked at, do we maintain a legacy platform? Or do we go out and kind of bet on what we called kind of the next generation of cloud or platform? And, you know, for us, as we went into this eyes wide open, knowing that, you know, there probably was going to be some challenges going in, but we wanted to bet on the future. So, you know, it's the Shopify core at the platform with the open ecosystem that we could really run with. And then you guys came in. It was quite funny. I mean, we we did all of this in six months, but Bold kind of came in month two through StoreFinder and then ultimately ended up powering our checkout through Bold Cashier, the... PRE, which is the price rules engine. So all of our promotions, all of those kind of things where you guys really kind of came in and, and took our platform to the next level. But for us, it really was about how do we find all of these key partners that we believe were best in breed and be able to evolve it forward. So Algolia for search, you know, Bizarre Voice for reviews, you know, segment to handle our data layer, like all of these key partners that we're going to work together and orchestrate this really powerful stack that allows us to move forward. We've been tossing around the word at Bold, calling it modular commerce. And would you say this like makes sense where if you approached it in a modular way where you look at the different modules of your stack that you need to be able to deliver great service through staples.ca and there's core modules. So you have your order management, you have your content management, you have your product management, you have all these different modules. And when you say best of breed, just for listeners who maybe that term might not, that's like you pick the best in that breed or that module, and then you piece them together to create your solution. But now for a different brand, it might not be the same. Like one of those modules might not be the best for them, but for the way that Staples wants to do business, you piece together the modules that made sense for you. Is that an accurate description? Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, you look at it and you kind of, you, you hit it right on. Whether it's best of breed or modular, the idea is that we let experts kind of rule their domain. So, like, for example, we're never going to be able to build, you know, a better review experience than for our needs than what Bizarre Voice has because of like the sampling programs and, and things like that that are so important to us. Nor could we go out and get a better for our needs order management system than OrderBot. So it's piecing mm-hmm. all of those things together that really allows us to kind of move forward and then kind of say, hey, 
you know, cashier, bold cashier works. Let's work together on a roadmap to kind of take this product forward and then kind of move it. And I think that's the really interesting thing of best of breed or of modular. You're achieving your goals through picking your partners. And it could be a little bit different for everyone else. Now, I think a lot of these things are kind of, they're going to be best of breed for everyone. But there may be certain situations that you need an additional module or you need an additional partner to achieve something, or that may change over time as you evolve. And I think that's the really interesting thing versus kind of, I'm going to custom build a stack or I'm going to buy a closed ecosystem that you're kind of stuck living in that world. So yeah, I mean, I think they're very similar. I mean, there's probably nuances to modular best in breed, but very, very similar to in approaches. And theoretically, you could... In the future, if one of those modules no longer fit or didn't make sense anymore, you could, I mean, it would be a little bit of effort, but with either weeks or maybe a couple months of work, swap out a module and swap in something else, right? Like it could be even for the parts that Bold provides or like your order management or your content management, like you're not stuck with any of those forever. Well, and I think there, I mean, there's some base rules too when you're going into this is that interconnectivity or understanding how things work. Like, so we have a couple of rules that, you know, everything needs to have a data flow that can work with segment so that all of our data, we can have that universal view of the customer. And then all of our yep. partners need to understand that kind of Shopify, bold cashier type ecosystem so that they're, you know, it's not new to them. And then, so right. like right away, we are eliminating some partners, but, you know, some partners then catch up and say, hey, we've got something interesting to put in, but it allows us to plug and unplug things with relative ease. Now, you know, I'm sure some of the product management team would cringe with me saying that because <laughs> over time, some of these things become very embedded in the, in the tech stack. But the whole idea is that I don't have this hard chunk of legacy code that I'm building and maintaining that I've got my partners that are continuing to evolve. And over time, the need of the partner ecosystem may change. Yeah, fair enough. So what would you say are some of the challenges then you had prior to this modular approach that were difficult for you to solve that now you'd say are considerably easier? Well, I mean, you know, comparing like our legacy system was a fantastic website. It was hardened and it ran great, but it wasn't something we'd innovate on. You know, we do re- one release a quarter, even to do simple things like building landing pages or changing templates required large code releases. You just didn't move fast. And, you know, looking on Slack last night, I mean, we just did our, our second release since Black Friday, right? <laughs> and like, like it, it's just mind boggling to see the difference. Like you're, when you're doing one or two releases a week now on tweaking things or changing things or even just like implementing small little things that you can learn or help the business move forward at incredibly low cost because you don't necessarily need programmers to build things. You've got a lot of it in end user hands. Like, you know, we look at what we have with our CMS with Contentful versus, you know, what we had before. I mean, we can build the vast majority of pages that we would have had to require releases or template builds on the old platform. So I think for us, it's kind of speed and agility. And then the other really interesting thing about the, the you know, what we're betting on is that the lower cost of ownership, because we're trusting a lot of our partners to maintain these systems and uptime and things like that. Like Black Friday actually becomes quite boring. If I look back at, you know, my past lives when you had on-prem systems or systems that you manage because you had people that were like monitoring these dashboards, like these servers are running hot, they're going to go down. And, you know, here we're worried about that, but we know that like Bulls panicked about it or Shopify and and you guys are the ones that are watching that and we're just getting to watch the sales roll in. And instead of spending time worried about is the server going to go down, 
we're spending time saying, let's readjust what we have on the homepage, or let's deploy an email, or let's change around what the customer is seeing to really maximize and drive sales. So it even becomes a little bit of a mindset change, you know, during when you're leveraging the platform. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, to me, that's like you running a sale in a brick and mortar store on a hot summer day and your team worrying, are the air conditioners going to hold up? And is the electricity, is the power going to stay on? Like you need to be focusing on your business and not the infrastructure it's built on top of. And, and you should definitely absolutely care about that, but that shouldn't be your primary concern. And I think for, I think it is like for a lot of brands on premise legacy systems, like they're almost as concerned about their actual infrastructure than their business. So I think you hit the nail on the head there. Well, what would you say are some of the, I guess, pros, cons, strengths, strengths and opportunities of your, let's make it a SWOT analysis, of the build that you did? What are some of the biggest strengths or opportunities? And then I'll ask you, like, are there any weaknesses, threats or potential downsides of it? Yeah, I mean, I think from a strength perspective, we talked a lot about it. It's, the, you know, the, the ability to like listen to the customer adjust to their needs and quickly get in and out of things. So I think we talk about it, how quick mm-hmm. it is to launch something. But because you aren't having to spend a lot of time building something or launching something, there's not a lot of investment to then back out of it. So, hey, we tried this. It doesn't work. Let's go do something else now and, and kind of move forward. You know, weaknesses, I mean, we're very, very happy with, with where we are. Could performance be a little bit better? Sometimes when we're stitching these things together, there's probably opportunity for us to do that. But you're always working to kind of optimize those things. And I think the big thing for us was when we went into this, and when I kind of said we went in eyes wide open, we realized that, and I think this is the catch. Again, I'll, I'll go play big enterprise now. It's kind of a tip for anyone that's kind of going through this. The way these big enterprise legacy platforms win the business is they pitch that you need to cut, you know, the platform needs to customize to your business flows. And we kind of went in and said, hey, there's probably some better ways to do things. And if we really want to leverage these platforms to the fullest, so the Shopify's, you know, the bold with PRE and all that kind of stuff, we should probably adjust some of our business processes to that. It allows us to maintain kind of the updates a lot better. We don't have to worry about all this customization and all of that. So don't kind of go in saying, hey, if I can't run promos this way, my business is going to collapse. Because it probably, you know, 99% of the time, that isn't the reason. And it's going to allow you to go to market a lot quicker. It's going to allow you to evolve a lot quicker once you have it. If you kind of say, what are some of the business processes that I can change? And we did a lot of that. I think for us, you know, opportunities... You know, it's how do we keep evolving? And I think that's just kind of what I love with this open ecosystem that exists is there are so many people innovating all over the world that it's the opportunity for us to learn and kind of improve the business. And there's a lot of interesting things that are going to be coming out over the next couple of weeks and months that, you know, at our scale are probably firsts, you know, in the Canadian digital space. And some of it are things that, you know, you, you see in that D2C world or smaller kind of pure play digital player that we're going to attempt to see how our customers interact with. So the thing for us is that we're just going to continue to try some of these things and improve that customer experience, make staples.ca more valuable to consumers and businesses and kind of, you know, move forward. Threats, I mean, there's always threats. And I think that's the key stagnation is the largest enemy in e-commerce. So if you can't cost-effectively continue to evolve your platform, there's going to be faster, more agile competitors that are going to eat your lunch. Mm-hmm. So I think for us, it's always kind of being aware and nimble and you know focused on the things that are driving value. Yeah. Are you aware of any other brands like in your space or in the kind of like enterprise space that have approached the build the same way? Were you inspired by anyone or are you aware of any others that have approached it the same way you have? 
I mean, I think there's some other brands now that are looking at it. I mean, we, I remember some of the, the you know initial conversations with uh, Lauren over at Shopify when we were talking about this. We were kind of one of the first approaching it at the scale and not trying to customize it. I mean, I think there are a lot of best of breed type models out there, you know, but for us, it was, we have a hypothesis. We strongly believe that this is the best thing for our customers and our business. So let's go into it and see where the journey takes us. We believed it was very de-risked because of the cost to get into it. And the fact that, you know, there was a couple of proof points that it was going to work. And it worked out really well for us. I mean, any site launch, any transformation of an enterprise business in six months is going to have its bumps on the road. So it was a good kind of six months post-launch to get everything kind of really dialed down. But, you know, we went through that first Black Friday. We kind of pivoted and made some adjustments to improve the customer experience. And then we thought we were going to get into a really good year of building. And then COVID hit, which really accelerated a lot of the stuff that we needed to do. And, you know, here we are today, you know, second Black Friday through the platform or second holiday season. And, you know, it's done really well. Really, really proud of the team, our warehouses, our call centers. And for us, it just wasn't kind of the front end we transformed. Like at the same time, we kind of said, let's rebuild all of our customer service systems. So at the same time we were refreshing the front end, we went all with Zendesk. So we, we went from 11 systems to one system. So again, really simplifying the business there. And then from a data perspective, we piped everything together with Segment, mm-hmm. and, which has been incredibly powerful because we understand what's going on in every piece of our business and then can push that out to all of the other partners and you know advertising platforms as well. So it, it gives us a really leg up. We kind of modernized the whole stack in six months. There's a couple of elements. We still have legacy pieces in that we've isolated, but that's essentially what you do modular for because if you've got key legacy components, you don't want a big bang at the same time that you can kind of move them along. That was one of the questions I was going to ask. Is there any pieces of or legacy systems in your stack that still haven't moved or they're, you're just prior, they're maybe not urgent to move that you're going to in the future? Yes, it wasn't necessarily that it wasn't urgent to move, but I think the concept of the modular best of breed is that you don't necessarily need to take on all of the risk. Right. So initially right. for us, OrderBot was an intermediary between Shopify and our old legacy OMS system. And kind of over time, we've been working to have OrderBot become the main OMS. I think same thing on the front end with the PIM. You have all these legacy systems that where product data information would exist that also feed other systems. So instead of saying, we're going to launch a new front end, a new call center system, a new data layer, a new PIM, and a new OMS, let's put a Kineo in. We can pull the data in. We can enhance the data. The Kineo feeds into Shopify. And over time, we'll backwards take out these systems. So we're kind of de-risking the whole initiative. Yeah. I know Staples as a company and like as a brand, you guys, well, you just mentioned to your evolving your company alongside the technical evolution at Staples. What are some of the neat things that Staples has launched or are launching that you can talk about and that you're excited about? Well, I think you take a look at the stores and, you know, we have a five or six really great flagship stores now across the country, but you'll see it in all the stores are like there's new products. We've got a great partnership with Joe Mimran who is, you know, building some really custom, really nice, like office accessories, you know, pens. We've launched co-working. We've got five locations in Canada now where we have co-working. So that idea of that community hub, really building on community. We've got great content tracks that you can find on our website if you're following along on LinkedIn or Facebook. Kind of discussions every day on, you know, hobbies, like how to do calligraphy to, hey, how do I do digital marketing or write great product content? 
our services business, which is one of those things that you know people don't know we do. We're one of the largest printers in Canada, but we've got digital marketing services, we've got tech support, really that whole idea of how do we support businesses through the growth. So we've got a lot of partners there that we can bring to bear. Our B2B business, and this is for anyone that's a Canadian or has a Canadian business on the call, if you aren't part of Staples Preferred, just email me directly, staples.ca or message me on LinkedIn or wherever you want to. It's an incredible program. We've got a team of people that are there to really help you support your business and to buy better. You get discounts and you get all these perks. And it's kind of this unknown program that has you know over 125,000 businesses as part of it, Bold being one of them. But it's a great way to see staples at work and kind of helping a business kind of work, learn and grow. And I think for us, again, it's all about listening to the customer and you know things that are going to be important going forward, working from anywhere. We believe we're very well positioned through a great network of stores and our digital network to help support Canadians wherever they work. You know, it could be as simple as something's broken on your computer. You can leverage our tech services to drive that. The new school, you know, back to school, Canadians love us for that, but new the schools has changed. So how do we continue to evolve our offering to support students in their learning? And, you know, you look at what another place that Canadians have come to us is, you know, all through COVID is how do I get my PPE? How do I disinfect my business? You know, our partner company, Staples Business Advantage, you know, supplies hospitals and schools and businesses. So we've taken a lot of that knowledge and we've shared it with a lot of small businesses and with consumers. And here's how you protect yourself. So I think for us, it's it's just listening to the customer and here's the trends that are out there and how do we kind of support it? And Canada's you know, going through a change, right? More and more people are going to be working from home. More and more people are going to be learning from home. We expect there's going to be a big boom in new businesses and entrepreneurship in the country. So it's how to staples position ourselves to continue to be able to support Canadians as we always have. And we think we have a very unique value proposition to drive that. It must be exciting to be able to <laughs> rattle off all those things. And I think I, you even left out a bunch. I was th- I was just thinking about school tools too, which you launched oh, yeah, last, yeah. was that last yeah. fall? Like yeah, I thought that was a, yeah, that was a fantastic tool to look up your school, find your teacher. And it's a list of supplies that your kid needs right there. And you can just, I guess now people can just order it online, but it, or you could make a list and go to a store, but to be able to innovate that fast and you've orchestrated a environment now that you can build on. I, I think the future has probably never been brighter for Staples, even with everything going on in the world. I just, I applaud you for everything you've done to put that company in such a fantastic position. And I guess I want to, before we run out of time here, I have a bit of a lightning round. I had one last question before we jump into the lightning round. Like, what are you most excited about for the future of Staples? You know, I'm just really excited to see how we've got an incredible, incredible team and a great group of partners, how we're going to continue to evolve to serve the customer. Like, you know, a lot of people are saying we've advanced five to 10 years in digital. I mean, the reality is it's not digital, it's retail has advanced. And, you know, the people we have at Staples, our passion for the customer, our passion to kind of deliver that promise of helping Canadians work, learn and grow, whether it be in a store, a call center, a fulfillment center, a warehouse, a service depot, or, you know, on the digital team, people are here and living that every day. And, you know, I look at what we've accomplished over the past year. And, and, you know, I know there's going to be some great things we accomplish in the, in the next. And, you know, I, I often get to join on conference calls like this and take the accolades, but it has really very little to do with me. It all has to do with the team. And that's an incredible team. And I just love working with them and it kind of excites me and that's what I'm looking forward to for the next year. Well, I've had the opportunity to speak to some of your team and they speak just as highly of you. So it sounds like it's a good, healthy working relationship over there. All right. You ready for the lightning round? Let's give it a go. 
I don't know if you read through some of these questions, but I got a few ones, quick hitters here. What's the biggest mistake in e-commerce you've made or you see other brands make? I think it's waiting too long to make a decision. You know, in the digital world today, you should be able to make decisions, look at the data and improve on your product. Making it perfect is only perfect in your eyes. It's not in the customer's eyes. Yeah, so true. Do you have a pet peeve when you shop online? The sites that still are not mobilely optimized. It blows my mind. I was on one the other day and I just couldn't believe it wasn't mobilely optimized. I think if anything, I would be forgiving to a site that wasn't desktop optimized, but like it should be mobile first. Yeah, yeah, I don't don't get it now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's your favorite thing about your job? Working with the teams and the partners. I've got a a great group of innovative people that push me every day. And uh, it's exciting to, I was going to say come in, but it's exciting to log on every day and (laughs) engage with a great team. Yeah. What's your favorite online store besides Staples or last place you bought something? Well, last place I bought something was actually at Staples yesterday. I bought some Christmas presents. They were delivered this morning at eight o'clock. So that's where I'll end that question. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I have some last minute shopping to do. And, and this is like a really good reminder that, well, this won't make it out probably before Christmas, this episode. But for me anyway, it's come up. look for your order tonight, Jake. Okay. <laughs> and besides Staples, do you have any favorite online store or one that you really like? Yeah, I just like great experiences. It's going to be sad. I can't pick one off the top of my head, but I love looking at entrepreneurs, startup businesses and seeing their approach to bringing great products to market and spend a lot of time kind of just cruising around or on Twitter when someone mentions a site, often buying products that I probably don't need, but just really seeing people bring ideas to life. And I think that's the most exciting thing for me when I'm online. Yeah. What's the number one thing you think stores could be doing to grow sales? but they aren't. So I think in the enterprise space, and I'm going to use a horrible word because I don't mean it this way, but kind of that growth hacking, I think a lot of enterprises are still focused on what I would call traditional digital marketing. And I think there's a ton we can learn from the small brands, the startups, Mm. the brands and how they approach digital marketing. I don't think that, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I don't know the right word for it, but I mean, this is why the Unilevers of the world have to acquire Dollar Shave Club because they can't replicate that. And all, you know, these, the massive brands acquire the small ones that figure out that marketing. If there was a way that the bigger brands could be as nimble and as close to the customer as these like, I don't know what you want to call them, startups or um, emerging brands, or I guess it would be the D2C space. But yeah, you're 100% right. And it's not growth hacking, but I know what you mean, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I said. So it's a horrible word there, but a horrible word in the sense of it's not meaning the right thing. But what happens is I think for a lot of, and we're pretty good at it, Staples, probably not as far as we need to be. But that whole idea of it's about campaigns and big spends versus I want to just talk to a group of customers that's interested in my product. And then that's going to amplify and grow is, I think, what a lot of enterprises miss on today. Yeah, I think we start focusing on maps of countries and the world and geographies as opposed to talking to an individual person. And that's why these startups can come in and eat the lunch, I guess, of bigger brands, but then they eventually get acquired. And But yeah, that's definitely... Okay, last question. A lot of our listeners are business owners and entrepreneurs. Do you have any favorite quotes or any advice or something that has impacted you in your life that you can leave them with? I think there's a couple of things. And I think one is I really love the concept of failing fast. And it's just human nature to hold on to things too long. So, you know, as you're going through this, you know, whatever it's like always be learning or whatever, that the core tenant to really kind of evolve is that 
you've got to be willing to walk away from things when they aren't working and then try something else. And the second piece is as you're scaling your business, simplify, simplify, simplify. And, you know, it's one of the things that I take from working at Walmart and one of the largest, oh, it is the largest retailer in the world, absolutely focused on how do I simplify the business? If you add complexity to a business, it will kill you. And I think that's what sometimes happens as you grow a business or evolve a business. You add complexity to it to grow, but it's just a short-term growth because the complexity you add actually makes your business less agile, less flexible, and less able to grow into the future. So I think it's something that I always talk about and I challenge the teams on. Are we simplifying it or are we making it more complicated? And the more we simplify it, the faster we can get that flywheel going. Can you give me one example of that? Like, would you say, are you talking about internal processes, like simplifying ways of doing things or decision-making or simplifying things for customers? Everything. You just think about it, like complexity can kill a business. So you start thinking about like decision-making. You've got, you know, how do you empower your business that decisions can be made? So not everything needs to come to me for a decision to be made. So pushing decisions down into the organization, understanding risk tolerance, understanding where it is, you know, doing it. But it's even talking about market approaches, right? So how do you go to market where you have a common offering? It's easy to understand. So for us, you know, we've got, you know, retail pricing, and then we've got preferred pricing, and there's a couple of tiers in that, but we don't want to have 10,000 custom prices kind of going in because that adds complexity. It adds, you know, data layers. It adds all of these different things that you need to run the business. You'll often see it like, well, I could go after that target market, but I need to do this differently. So, and it could be, I don't know what it could be. Like I need a refrigerated truck or I need whatever it may be. Well, that's going to add an incredible amount of complexity to your supply chain and ordering and all of that. Is that growth worth it? And it it may be that, okay, then I want to go after that. But how am I doing it in a way that's not going to add a bunch of cost or complexity or people to the business? Because it's just going to make me less agile kind of going forward. Yeah, there's no trophy for having a complex business model. And it's certainly your customers need to understand what you do, why you do it. So they ultimately can buy from you because of that. And I think it's one of those things you just, you, businesses have to fight against it because the natural path is to add complexities and add one of the things we think a lot about at Bold is policies versus principle. And I, you yeah. know, that was something I was thinking about as you were saying like this, like one strong principle in decision making can answer the question that you'd need a policy book with 200 policies for, you know, but if you have a principle that's do everything in your power to make the customer happy, that, you know, doesn't, you know, Zappos used to have principles like this, like you can make any decision up to $100 to make this customer happy within your power. And then it wasn't like, can I send this customer flowers if I find it on the phone that a family member just died or whatever, but it's one principle can answer. And so, yeah, I love it. That's a great, you're the first person that's mentioned that I asked these questions to a lot of people. So that's a good one. Well, Simon, thank you so much for being on. I know your time is extremely valuable and I know our listeners will get a lot of this and you've been so gracious to be involved in all the different communities. Can you let us know one more time, like obviously staples.ca, but where do you like to hang out where people might find you? I think, you know, if you're going to message me, probably LinkedIn or Twitter is probably best. But again, Okay. More than happy people emailing me at my Staples address, which is simon.rodrigue at staples.ca. You are one of the most gracious people I think I have ever met. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. 
That's it for another episode of Own Your Commerce. If what you've heard has helped you in any way, I'd love it if you'd leave us a review in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. It's a new podcast and reviews really help spread the word. And if you know someone you think that might benefit from this podcast, share it with a friend. If you'd like to learn more about Bold, visit boldcommerce.com. You can view all our past episodes. And if you have a story you'd like to tell, we'd love to have you on the show. You can apply to be a guest or suggest a guest on our website as well. That's all for now. And we'll see you next week. 